We're here, baby. We're here. Let's go. Big gun Brian Petrie giving out the lot. One is mortal, you know it won't miss. Gonna take a shot. Dog lot. That's the underdog. Yeah, they in the hunt. Send them home. That's KO or submission. Yeah, somebody done. Slime ball. Yeah, that's the parlay. We gonna make it known. Big pie from MMA takes. Yeah, let's get it going. Yeah. 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 Recap pod, recap pod. We're in the motherfucking recap pod. What's up with the what's up, babe? I'm excited to do this one. Listen, I, I I feel like I haven't done one in a while because usually Anakin Florian, we we do a show, they recap it. I do the picks. I push that one out. I say, hey, everyone go watch that because those boys do a better job at recapping than me. They are doing a recap show today. I am not on the show because there's no picks this weekend. Um, and I and I believe Ian Gary's a guest. Spoiler alert. So go check out Anakin Florian. As always, I'm sure you're going to watch that before you see this. Uh, amazing show, but I had to, I had to come on and I had to give some two cents on what happened at 294. Oh man, a lot to digest. Everyone's already have their opinions out on Sunday. You want mine on Sunday? You pay me, right? Remember, I ain't get paid to do this. I gotta get paid. You're going to get it on Sunday. You'll get it on Saturday night. You start cutting me checks. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, uh, my phone is. Not shutting up. All right. Anyway, uh, excited to do this. Excited to do this for sure. Uh, 294. Uh, a lot of people thought it was a letdown. I'm not going to lie. It was better on paper than what delivered. Some weird things happened. A lot of fouls. That re- that fucking doctor doesn't need to be anywhere near UFC cage again. Horrible display there. Um, yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and some heartbreaking stuff with the Volkanovski. We'll get into it. That's what, before we get into that, I was going to jump right into it. Recap of the Pick'em Pods with the boys, Timbo Christian. You know, we play a little dumb game. Everyone knows it. Timbo was official champ. Christian interim. I haven't won the fucking thing in months. It was close. We all were neck and neck. Christian had fucking Mike Breeden. That motherfucker pulled out Mike Breeden, who I am a fan of now. I take back everything I said of Mike Breeden. That dude was barking at Jubilee in the fucking fight. I love that shit. Anyway, he hit Mike Breeden. We all hit some spots. I was in third. If Volkanovski would have won and won by KO, I would have tied. So there's no way I could have won. If Islam won, Christian wins. And then if, if Volkanovski won without finishing, Timbo won. So it all came down to that main event. Dope, dope pick them. We all were very close on our stuff. A lot of no contests. Obviously threw things out of whack as well. But uh, Christian won. He's the champ. Old CC champ daddy, he got it done. And uh, so that's pretty cool. So he's the official champ. He, he picked a pretty good card, considering he is a fucking casual, right? He's gardening. He's not even watching the fights. I should strip him of the title. I have the power to do that, guys. You know, uh, the fake title we got, I should strip him because he's a fucking casual. But I'll let him, I'll let him bask in the glory. Um, he picked a decent card. Uh, we all did pretty well, I would say. Gambling wise, oh, this thing on. Um, I'm down six units. One of the worst gambling weekends of my of year, maybe. I don't know. I have to check the books. It's 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 top three of the year, if not the most of the year. Six units. Six. <laughs> six. I really only hit two bets. I hit my green hammer. This motherfucker got knocked out of the park, baby. You know what I mean? Didn't put as it's a multi-unit hammer play. Put 1.6 units on it, right? 
uh, plus 100. I was a little nervous about it because plus money green hammers haven't worked out for your boy. But hit it. Hit the only bet I hit. Slime ball dead after Jubilee lost, right? I re-upped. I went after Jubilee lost. That was for 2.8 units. I put that because it was plus 148. I was like, I got to go big. 2.8 units. Throw it on there. Jubilee trashed it. So I re-upped with um, Ikram Osklov, Magomed Ankalaev, and uh, Magomed Ankalaev, excuse me, Saeed Nurmagomedov, and Ikram Alaskov, right? So... Ankali pushed, so I went for two, and it was it was like minus money, right? And I did that as like just chasing for like one point one units. So I'm that's the only other two bets I want, right? I chase for the parlay after the slime ball dead, and I hit the green hammer. Other than that, though, I was playing a lot of dogs, a lot of my locks, heavy on some of these. And by the time I know it, I look at my account and I'm doing the math, and we're down six units. Uh, gotta clean it up. Right, got to get better. Went five and six overall my picks. Right, hit a couple spots which we'll go into. Uh, Muhammad Nayeb was a nice little underdog play for me as well. Hit that, but again, didn't go heavy on that. That's what. That's why people are so funny who don't gamble. They go, oh well, my picks were great. Okay, but I could go thirteen and one. Well, that's not a good example. I could go five and six and still maybe have a positive night. But since I went five and six had a bad night, you know what I mean? Like it picks don't matter. It's all about where you're hitting your spots. And I'm off as a spot. I did not hit. I should have played that. I was confident enough. I had nothing in the wood. Very close fight, but we're down six boys. You know, that's six shekels. <laughs> that's six shekels there. Um, so not great. One and three in the lock slime ball failed green hammer hit, which is great. Uh, slime balls 15 and 22 on the year, or excuse me, 10 and 22 on the year. Dreadful, dreadful 12, you know, not even 500 pathetic, not going to get the 500 by the end of the year. Pathetic showing got to really do some soul searching for next year. And then the green hammer is 15, 14 and one on the year. So we're just over 500 on the green hammer. So happy about that. Cause that was something that I came in this year, really wanting to hammer the props, really wanting to get the props kind of looked at because that was a, a weakness of my game. And, over 500, I think we're doing all right. All right. Here we go. Um, Ankali, or excuse me, Islam versus Volk. Um, listen, Volk clearly physically didn't look in the best shape. He was he was wearing weighing heavy coming to this fight, came off the couch. He has such good sense of belief in his skills, and so do I. He thought he could do it because the first time was very close. He stuffed the takedown right off the get. But the problem is the striking with Islam. Volk had striking problems in the first fight. Islam has got that tricky striking. And I know, and I've studied it, and I'm, you know, I like to study really good strikers. And I wouldn't say Islam is a, a high-level striker. He is, though, but I w- he does things that throw people off. And I know most of it is going to be the fact that he is, um, he's just, he, his wrestling opens up all the striking, right? That's what it's going to be. But he does some crafty things on the feet in a southpaw position. He's hard to hit. If you unload on him, that's when he changes his doubles. His left hand is good. His kicks are good. His right counter, his right hook counter, when you're trying to jab him, he'll paw that out. That's good. Um, his pressure's good. His distance is phenomenal. Um, that's his best part of his game, in my opinion, is his distance. He hit that kick very well. Volk went to block it, just didn't get high enough, hit the kind of the top of the head, and and and, and that that's all you, that's all she wrote in, in an MMA fight. 
And Islam's also big too. So he has that advantage at one at one fifty five as being a bigger guy stalking you. And if you want to open up on the hands with them, I'm going to wrestle you to the ground. And I really thought Volk was going to come out 12 day notice or not coming off the couch with an arm injury, being probably one of the heaviest he's ever been. Saw the pre-fight picture, you know, when he like a week or two before he took the fight, he was, he, he was looking pretty chunky. Um, I still thought that he was going to come out. He said all the right things and be aggressive. And he even admitted in the post fight, he froze again, kind of frozen for me. He didn't really throw anything. I thought he'd be a little more aggressive on the feet after, especially after he stopped that first takedown, you know, Islam for, went for a takedown and, and Volk stopped it pretty cleanly and then went for kind of a takedown himself against the cage and, and they gripped up on the, on the fence. And I thought that maybe gave some Volk some confidence, but he just can't open up on his hands. And, and a lot of people do that with, with Islam as well. They just don't really open up. And I know it's part of the takedown stuff. He's they're, they're worried they're worried to get taken down, but also it's like he must be doing something. He must have that feel to him that's different, right? You're standing across from him, it's different. There's guys out there that are like that that you spar with or you train with, and there it's just it's weird. It's like a different feeling. It's different to to uh, you know you're like they're doing simple things. He's just a southpaw. He's not doing spinny stuff. He's not crazy footwork, but it's effective, and he does what he does, and he does it right. Um, and it throws everyone off. Uh, you know, they said on the broadcast, Cain Velasquez had the hardest time sparring this guy, you know? So that's a 155 pound man sparring a heavyweight. It's interesting. It's interesting. Islam. Listen, I thought both guys were class acts. I picked, I picked Volk. I thought he was going to knock out Islam. Uh, I still think Volk top five, top pound for pound, but you can't put it, him above Islam. Now Islam has to leave for all Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky also kind of broke my heart on the, on the post fight. He was saying that, you know, he does his head in. he's got a beautiful family but he needs to stay active and he doesn't know why. And it's, it's kind of a curse of these fighters. These fighters kind of, you know, they get addicted to it and they got to do it. They got to live that life. That's who they are. And when they want to shut down and be with family and be a dad for a little bit, it's kind of hard to do that. You know, he's got a newborn at home as well. And it was, it kind of broke me up a little bit seeing Volk get a little emotional, not going to lie, but Islam again, class act in the feet, you know, shot, you know, everything going on in Israel and Palestine. He dedicated his uh, post fight to that. And uh, yeah, I mean, what's next for Islam? You know, they're they're talking about maybe him being a backup for the one seventy pound uh, championship coming up in uh, December. And he says, Dana, my phone works. Call me. I mean, you got Justin Gaethje, you got Charles Oliveira. I don't I don't know who you're going to get that fight to. Gaethje's already fought Islam type fighter and Khabib and got taken down. It, uh, Justin Gaethje's ground game is pathetic. I think if or when Islam takes him down, it's a wrap. Charles has been in there with Islam, and Charles' standout is very dangerous, and his ground game is dangerous too. But I kind of thought Islam, regardless, would overwhelm Charles on the ground as well. It'd be interesting, though. I think Islam probably wins both those fights. If those are the two fights he gets next at 170, it'd be interesting because there was a there's a, a video of him standing next to Kamaru, who was about 180-something pounds at this point, and Islam was you know cut weight to 55, and Islam looked bigger than Kamaru. Who's fighting at 85? So Islam's not a small dude. Uh, he could definitely make 170. So uh, it's interesting. A lot of moving parts here for Islam. He wants to stay active. He wants to be a fighter. It doesn't look like he's going anywhere anytime soon. So that's pretty cool. And I think he he's obviously a huge star in a certain part of the world. But I think this maybe put him on notice for people who maybe think he's a boring fighter or whatnot. That's the one thing you're never going to hear me say about Islam. Might pick against him. Might do these certain things. Might might critique little things here and there because I'm trying to find money on the other side or whatever. Not a boring fight. The guy finishes everybody. You know what I mean? He just finished out of Volkanovski. Ten days or not, whatever it was, who cares? Dude's a finisher, right? And he'll finish, he'll finish Gaethje and he'll finish Charles Oliveira if they fight. I guarantee it. 
I'll put money on it. You know what I mean? That's on the record. That's on the record. Uh, impressive stuff by uh, Islam, though. I mean, impressive stuff for sure. All right, Kamar Usman versus Chimaya. This fight, this is this is the most talked about fight, I feel like. I feel like everyone's bummed out about Volk, giving Islam props. Both those guys have huge amount of respect for each other, um, which you love to see. This fight, even though they do seem to respect each other a little bit, you know, it's hard. Um, so, again, for the people that don't know, I have been dead wrong on Chimaev. I pick against him pretty much every time. He's an elite, elite talent. What he did to Kamar Usman, took him down four or five times, 10-8 him in the first round, um, was impressive. What worries me is this is now the second fight we've seen uh, Chimaev go the distance, and he's faded, right? Kamaru said it best. Kamaru's handling his loss great. I love his raw emotions. I love the honesty out of it. He goes, I need to trust myself more. You go on years and years of winning and then you drop a couple fights and you don't remember what it's like to win. I'm a championship fighter. I should, because apparently they offered this fight for five rounds. He said, no, um, you know, this fight goes out of the fourth round. It gets interesting. You know, Chimaev's got a heart of a, of a lion or a wolf, boars, huh? Playing words there, man. But if this goes to the fourth and fifth, what does Chimaev have? Because it looked like he was slowing down to me at that third round. Still slanging and banging, still grappled, still took Usman down. But I thought Usman won the, the third round. Even with that takedown, he didn't do anything. Usman came up. Usman, I thought, landed the better strikes on the feet. Very close round, but I thought Usman won. I thought Usman could have won the second round. I know there's some judges out there that everyone's, oh, not everyone, excuse me, a lot of people are scoring this a draw. 10-8 Chemayev's first round, which I had a 10-8 myself. Second round, Usman, but barely third round, Usman. One judge gave Chemayev the third round, which I thought was a little... I mean, it was a close round, so I'm not going to go crazy about it, but I thought that was a little, eh. You know, I thought Usman's third round was the clearest round, so that leads you to believe that maybe the fourth and fifth round uh, would have been would have been all Usman's too because the guy's cardio, regardless of short notice or not, uh, he's got that championship cardio. So that's what worries me about Chimaev. He looks so good in the first round. I mean, he is a one-round fighter. He wants to take you out in the first round. It is obvious. He's going to put all he has in getting you out of the first round. When he doesn't, or if he can't, what does the second and third look like? Because, or fourth and fifth, because the second round was pretty obvious he was taking it off. Didn't really want to wrestle, was playing it safe, was staying away. Usman wasn't trusting his hands enough. Usman did land a decent right hand in that round, um, but he wasn't trusting enough. He was giving Shemaev the space. I thought Usman should have backed him up and landed some jabs, avoided the wrestling. Um, and then, um, but yeah, Shemaev though, wrestling, top notch, top level, taking Usman down, who's got. Great take down the fence. Uh, that was impressive to me. Controlling him on the ground, almost getting him out of the first round. Impressive. This guy's an impressive dude. This is his only his 13th fight. I saw a lot of people kind of shitting on Chmaev, throwing the F word around, right? Calling him a fraud. This is his 13th pro fight, right? 13th. That's not a whole lot, right? And a lot of those have happened in the UFC. This dude's the real deal. He's that good, right? I've been wrong on him. I can't jump ship now, right? And be like, oh, he's the greatest fighter in the world or whatever. I feel like a phony. Then I'm the fraud. 13th pro fight against one of the best, if the probably the second best welterweight ever in Kamar Usman. I know this was at E5, but you know what I mean. Um, Triumph's good. Now, does he deserve a shot against Strickland? I mean, you do have, you have DDP out there. You have Jerekas Duplessis. You have him waiting in the wings, who obviously deserves a shot at 185. But 
it seems like he is, and, and this could just be me being an idiot because he turned down the Izzy fight, but it seems like to me, Dracus Duplessis is only going to fight on his terms, right? You know, I know he was injured, so he turned down the Izzy fight. The UFC, I don't know how severe the injury was, but the UFC doesn't like that. Like, hey, we give you a title shot, you take it. Is or excuse me, Chmaev is a mega superstar. I mean, this guy is a freak superstar. Him and Sean have had some stories in the gym, boys. I'm talking stories in the gym. I've been told this by numerous people that when Shamayev went to Vegas, um, I don't know if it was one trip or if it was multiple times, it's just some crazy stuff went down. But Rob just said on a podcast the other day that Delice caught him in a deep, deep leg bar or leg bar, uh, knee bar. Or a leg lock. I don't know which one. And Chmaya refused to tap. And, and Delisa did some damage. There's also rumors that Chmaev did really good against Sean round one. When they sparred, Bell goes off round two. He's not doing so well as they go. And we all know Sean can fight for days. Sean says, I don't think the guy deserves it. Chmaev says, you already know I can finish you. So there's some heat there, right? I wouldn't be surprised. I think I think Chmaya broke his hand, though, so they're going to have to wait a little bit. Sean's probably going to be ready come next year, uh, early next year, I'd imagine. So I think DDP might be up next, but I wouldn't mind seeing Chmaya leapfrog uh, just to do Plessis because, again, the guy is just that mega of a superstar. It felt like a main event to me when he's walking out. That look he has when he's on all fours before the fight starts. I mean, that's just crazy. That is just an it factor. It's an it factor there. But Usman, to me, I picked Usman. Obviously, he's my guy. I thought there was good value on it. We almost got a push on that one with the draw. Um, wasn't super upset with the, with, with the scoring, if I'm being honest with you. The second round was very, very close. Third round was close. I did have Usman win the third round. I thought that was the clear round for Usman. 10-8 first round is going to hurt you. But, um, you know, mentally, I think Usman's in a little bit of a rut right now. I think he needs to kind of break through that. But ste- stepping up on short notice, up a weight class, fighting this young, hungry beast, uh, is impressive. I know a lot of people don't want to give Usman credit, but please go watch the interviews he's doing. The little, maybe even just find the sound clips or or, or the the transcriptions on on YouTube or excuse me on Instagram or, or Twitter, and just tell me how you not like this guy. He's keeping it real. He's keeping it one hundred, um, and I love that about him. I love that he took a risk. He didn't need to take that risk. I know he's getting paid a bag. He's getting that money, and he deserves it. But uh, yeah, I just I, I thought Usman I I. I, I Almost the best, as an Usman fan, it's the best case scenario. If he doesn't win, right, I didn't want him to get finished. I don't want him to get destroyed out there, right? And he showed up, and there are some people that think it was a draw. You know what I mean? Which is which is cool, which I, which is kind of, if he's not winning, that's the best case scenario, right? And uh, being an Usman fan, I appreciate that. And just the fact that he's first class outside. And, and Chemayev was first class as well. He dedicated his post-fight to the, you know, he said he wants to fight in Palestine or something like that. Like, let the, let the trained, you know, trained fucking, you know, soldiers do that, Chamayev. I mean, I know you think you're a badass and you probably can shoot really good with some guns, but, let, you know, I, I, I get where your attentions are because all that shit going over there is heartbreaking. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, he was a class act, Chamayev was. He was out of breath, though. He was breathing heavy on that, on that uh, interview. It was crazy. All right, next up, Inkalai versus Johnny Walker. This fucking fight, man. So this doctor, he fucked up. This is the second fuck up on the night. He fucked up on the Victor Henry fight. Um, what are you doing, doctor? Right? Johnny Hendricks, excuse me, Johnny Hendricks. Whoa, big rig? Johnny Walker speaks 
very little English. And from what I know from people who are learning a language, it's harder to understand the language than it is to say it, right? So he probably is in the middle of a fight. He's got knee in his chin. He's got punched before that. His adrenaline's going, and there's no translator in there for him. And you're asking him, where are you at in the world? Not how many fingers am I holding up? Are you good to go? What have you? Where are you at? And he says the desert, which he's right. Nah, doctor calls it. Johnny Walker, to me, got a legal need. If yeah, There's a lot of discussion. Should he let the DQ win? That's a whole other topic. I think if Johnny Walker continued, I think he should have continued. He wanted to continue. They should have taken a point from Ankalaev and restart the fight. It was a solid knee. It was right to his chin. It was going for his chest. Went up to his chin. Johnny ate it well. Didn't seem to like rock him or, or, or like kind of like, you know, slump him over a little bit. Took it right in the chin. The legal strike, he got up, you know, recovering a little bit. And that doctor fucked it up. 100% that doctor's fault, in my opinion. Take a point from Ankalaev. You resume the fight, right? The fact that there's no translator in there and you're asking them these crazy questions with the memes on MMA Twitter and, and, and Reddit and whatnot are fucking fantastic. The memes are fantastic, but... Well, what are you doing, doctor? You know what I mean? That was kind of an entertaining fight from when it lasted because Johnny Walker looked very comfortable in there. And Ankalaev looked a little kind of like... Ankalaev's kind of a big bully sometimes in there, but Ankalaev kind of looked like, okay, I got to figure this guy out because Walker was moving and he's super fast. And a lot, lot of... I want to see that again. I want to see it again. And, and that, I don't ever want to see that doctor again, whoever he is. But uh, yeah, that was ruled no contest. A lot of people think that it should have been a DQ Listen, I had Ankalaev in, in my makeshift parlay, my second slime ball parlay, whatever you want to call it. I also had a single bet on him. And uh, so I got a push. I got money back. So I'm, I'm a little biased. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't do a DQ. But listen, if we're being completely honest, you got to control your weapons. And you, got, you need someone dead in the fucking chin. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Sorry. Sorry, man. Sorry. Uh, that should be, if, if he couldn't continue, which he couldn't, according to the doctor, should be a DQ win. Then then we're looking at the doctor on the other side going, Johnny Walker won the fight. Now that's a DQ loss for Ankalaev. There's no way this would have shaped out good. The doctor fucked it up. Fuck the doctor. Next up, Ikram Golf versus Worley Alvarez. Ikram looked, looked like a stud. Knocked out Alvarez. Jumping knee, straight right hands, beautiful quickness. Looked better than his debut. Um, a real player, not 185. I want to see him. You know, they try to give him. They're like, this kid's really good. We, we're trying to give him better competition, and then unfortunately, fights fell through. Alvis stepped up as a true 170. Want to see this guy fight a true 185er? But uh, you know, there's some there's some questions about the ground. Still UFC level ground. I know he has some chops on the ground, but uh, I still have some questions for him. But he looked like an absolute freak and stud against Worley Alvarez. Saeed Nurmagomedov with that guillotine, dude. I I'm gonna say it. Mm. Best guillotine in the UFC. May, I wouldn't say MMA. I think Patchy Mix is up there. But this guy's guillotine, ninja choke, whatever you want to call it, right? I don't want to get corrected corrected by the BJJ guys out there. Is nasty. His grip is nasty. The way he sinks in is nasty. The long arms he has helps him. Uh, people want to shoot on him because he does have some fancy quick kicks, and they shoot in, and he's just ready for it. It is death when you go in there. And Gafaroff knew it, got caught in it, is probably still pissed off now. I trained X amount of the, to avoid that, and he fucking took it. 
Uh, and, and the squeeze that Saeed's got is unbelievable. Saeed, again, I said on the podcast, he's a little underrated. I truly believe that. Um, you know, he's been in some dog fights. He's not, he's not a pushover. He's not a quitter. You know, when the tough gets going, he gets tough as well. And he's got a killer move with some decent striking as well. This guy's going to be somebody to look out at, at one at 135. I truly believe it. I think he's getting better as well. So, um, Saeed is, is a guy that I think people should keep an eye on. Tim Elliott versus Mohamed Mukhaev. They had Tim Elliott about two rounds. Judge's scorecard came out today. Tim Elliott was about two rounds. I thought it was close. I thought it was 1-1 going into the third. And uh, Mukhaev is... I wouldn't say he's a slow starter, but he's patient. He's methodical. And he jumped on that arm, had cardio for days. His wrestling, when he did, when he gets on top, he doesn't do much. He's so heavy on top. He's so positionally good on top. He doesn't want to give anything up, especially with a, a guy like Tim Elliott who can, who can uh, uh, gr- uh, grapple and roll and, and scramble with the best. So he didn't give anything up. And then finally, when he got Tim Elliott down a little bit tired, and Tim Elliott's like, okay, I'm tired of using my butterfly guards. I'm tired of trying to push on the guy's hips. My legs are getting gassed. I'm going to play guard for a little bit because Tim Elliott threw up an arm bar. Tim Elliott threw a triangle, got dumped on his head. You know, he's doing some stuff. That third round, he's like, I'm going to chill right now. And then I'm going to have to try to work my way out because in his head, he might think I'm up two or he might be like, hey, I'm it's 1-1. Give me a minute. Let me explode. The minute he took off, the minute he settled is when Mokayev jumped and started putting the pressure and got that arm that arm triangle, which is beautiful. Tim tapped very quickly, which either means he's like, ah, you got me because he's a vet, or Mokayev has a dangerous squeeze. Not the most pleasing guy in the eyes uh, uh, watching. He's he's charismatic. He's got a good personality. He's calling out everybody. A lot of people aren't going to fight this guy because his wrestling is top-notch. Those What he was hitting on Tim Elliott was beautiful. Cardio seems to be great. Submissions are great. Stand-up obviously needs to be questioned, but... 22 years old, 20, uh, 22 or 23, right? Not a lot of people are going to be want to fucking fight this guy. He's going to have, the, the UFC is going to have to force people to fight him. He will be fighting for a title by the end of next year. Count on it. And I mean, he might fucking win. I don't know. I mean, his, his ability and how young he is and just, he's going to keep getting better. The only concern I have is, is obviously on the ground when you do that game. So you go to a ground with Pantoja, right? You take Pantoja now and you're playing that heavy base game. I'm going to secure position. Pantoja is going to try to take an arm. And if he might not get it right away, he'll get it on the second or third attempt if you're not careful. And at the very least, he's going to fuck up your arm. Like that, There's different levels on the ground. Tim Elliott's great, but he's not like this world-class off his back. Pantoja is. So you got to tighten up a little bit when you're on top. Um, but other than that, I think I think the kid's really good. I know he's not the most pleasing style in the world, but uh, he's solid. Muhammad Yaya, dud. This guy laid an egg. Whoa, this fight stunk. Trevor Peak, Alabama. Trevor Peak fighting out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. This dude uh, came in calm. He looked big. His legs were thick. Horrible tattoos. Haircut terrible. Goatee on point, and just Muhammad Yaya just didn't look like he wanted to be there. Fighting in front of your home. You're the first guy from UAE fighting in the UFC. And you lay an egg like that. And you just don't want it. Trevor Peak had openings. It's not like he 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 kept it calm than normal. But there were openings to hit this motherfucker. There's openings to put a fucking tattoo on that goatee. And Yaya didn't do it. Yaya was like afraid to exchange. Afraid to get hit. 
You listen, if they didn't go to Abu Dhabi and they just didn't sign a contract and Abu Dhabi is a big money thing for the UFC, I would cut Yaya. That's the type of performance he had, in my opinion. And the fact that he thought he won, now he's sitting there like, all right, we got it. We got this. Like, there's no home cooking that's giving you that fight, right? F performance. F body language. Bro, you don't want to be there, right? Trevor Peak's a winnable fight for you. But lost that bet. That was going to be my dog lock. Timbo took him in our little game, but I played him like he was my dog lock. Dead, right? That's what I get for betting against Trevor Peak. You know what I mean? That's what I get. I can only be mad at myself. And then we got uh, Driver Bash Drivers, Victor Henry, the ref again. Ah, no, I hit your leg. You hit your balls, bro. I'm pretty quick to say, ah, fighter might be faking or fighters might be giving up a little too quick or whatever the case may be. I, I have been known to say that in a group chat once or twice. This dude who's been all over the world fighting, he's never been knocked out, tough as nails, comes from Josh Barnett's camp, who's a warrior, flew out to Abu Dhabi to fight this highly ranked guy in a competitive fight. You think he's faking? Right? Josh said that his nuts were swollen like oranges. Like, it looked like a weird kick. An inside kick to the leg, to the to his inside thigh, isn't going to stop a fight. Even if you landed it cleanly, that's not stopping a fight, right? If you got like a gut shot, like if it was like up the middle, a teep right in your gut, and it just shut your body down, you act like it hit your balls. Yeah, okay? That's where you're like, well, wait a second, bro. That hit you right in the stomach. You're just, you're just buying times that hurt. Or a liver shot. An inside thigh kick isn't going to want to make you quit, even if it landed as clean as you can get, right? Something happened underneath. He got his balls just absolutely mashed. Now, in a society where we immediately all are betting Javin and we all want to pile on Victor Henry, I would like to see the picture of his nuts. I guarantee you they're swollen. They're black and blue. They're probably horrible. The guy was writhing in pain. And that fucking doctor comes in and goes, nah, I didn't hit you in the nuts, man. Hit you in the thigh. Get on up. And Victor Henry's like, no, no, no. It got all dick and balls, but I don't know what the... Like, why are you telling a fighter... That it didn't hit him because you saw him. You don't know what he's going through. And a guy like Victor Henry, man, I mean, he's been around too long. Too long and everywhere in the world to be quitting like that. There's just no way. No way. Next up, uh, Setequis Dumas versus Abu Azatar. This fight stunk. Dumas won. Uh, congratulations, Dumas. I don't know what that gets you. Abu looked like he ch- cheated a couple times. Got a really weird body on him. Dumas finally kind of rounding the form. His cardio is finally there. Skills aren't there yet, but you got to get the cardio right, and then the skills will come. He's obviously tough. He, he can scrap. His takedowns are pretty good. He's long for the division. Um, you got Jubilee versus Mike Breed. Mike Breed just barking at Jubilee. Performance of the night, in my opinion. Christian's dog lock. We all laughed at him. Who's laughing now, right? Uh, Mike Breed and... A guy went out there, knew he needed it, missed weight, had staph infection, had a horrible cut in his eye, still made the trip, still fought against a very tough Jubilee and broke him in that third round. Fucking broke him. Barked at him. Chanted USA and Jubilee froze. Cardio, not great either, but froze and completely broke. Mike Breeden broke this man. Uh, hell of a performance. I am a fan of Mike Breeden now. I take back everything I said about Mike Breeden. I don't care if he never wins a fight in the UFC again. Mike Breeden, shout out, dude. That, that's going to be a highlight for forever in, in MMA 
eternity. That's that's fantastic. Uh, Nathaniel Wood versus Muhammad Naimov. I had Naimov in this fight. One of the few underdogs I won. Doesn't matter. Lost money elsewhere. But Naimov was um, good to give Wood problems. Dropped him within 30 seconds. Outgrappled Wood. I thought it was a clean performance by Naimov. Wood, heart of a lion. Almost tried to finish it at the end of the fight. He posted on Instagram today. Some funky shit went down. You were touching my gloves or whatever the case may be. Or your fingers were inside my gloves. I don't know. But uh, uh, great performance by Naimov. And then we got Dudakova versus Jimmy Fry. Dudakova apparently had staff all in her ass. Literally staff up her asshole. Um, pulled out a fight against Jimmy Fry. Didn't look world class in my opinion. Still needs some ways to go. She was 7-0, 8-0. What are you going to do? And then Shara Bullet, Shara Bootin, Maga, Maga Medoff. War. War. This dude wants to go to war. He took some shots against Bruno Silva. Kicks are deadly. Bruno Silva's got hard, but Shara Booten, UFC debut against a very tough guy like this. Uh, again, striking's need to get cleaned up a little bit, in my opinion. Take down offense is terrible, but he's fun. He's got that thing about him, dude. He's wearing the pirate uh, fucking bandana thing. There's, there's, there's something there about this guy. I'm sweating because it's 75 degrees in my house. This weather's crazy. The lights are on me. I'm glistening on these cameras. That's it. That's the recap, baby. Uh, UFC 5 is out right now. If you pre-ordered, I did. It's 6 o'clock, so I think it's on PlayStation Network. I think on Big Gun BP. Maybe I'll put it on the screen if I can find it. Um, Big Gun BP on PlayStation Network, UFC 5. A little disappointed in some of the things I got out, but I always play it. Gonna be playing it. No pickums this week because of uh, no fights. There's Tyson Fury versus um, Francis Ngannou, which I'll watch, but I'm not gonna be doing a pickum about it. Maybe I'll do some trivia stuff. I don't know. Maybe we'll see how we'll see how the week shakes out. Next week we're back. I'll be on Anakin Florian, and uh, I'll be doing the own pickums for the Brazil card. All right, that's it. Let's go. Perfect week for Brian Petrie yet again. Motherfuckers. Let's get a mix with our man Brian Petrie.